the Brewers get absolutely rocked uh, last night, and uh, <laughs> playoff chances are uh, rocking away uh, for pretty, the Milwaukee Brewers. Pretty slim, I think, with those uh, playoff chances. God, that was Gio Gonzalez got just obliterated right away. Obviously, for the Brewers, it was terrible. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I mean, it's eight nothing in the second inning. So the game was. Uh, the My game wife was, was happy. That right. Um, the game was over before it started. Brewers now five games out uh, in the Central behind the aforementioned Cardinals. Uh, the wild card standings not as dire, uh, but getting there. Uh, they are two and a half games back there, but uh, now four teams ahead of them. Nationals, Cubs, Phillies, and Mets. So, uh, look, you still have two games. We said the math yesterday, Ebo. If you can, um, if you can win every series, which means basically go yeah. two and one for the next thirty days, I believe you're going to make the playoffs. Uh, they went two and one over the weekend against Arizona. Uh, they lost last night, so to go two and one. Uh, they have to uh, win today, and they have to win tomorrow. So, just looking at the little five thirty-eight, you know, predictions here: twelve percent chance of making the playoffs, and a four percent chance of winning the division. Still a chance. Your hey, it was it was at what was it five or six percent around this time last year? So, what was the uh, September record, Nelson? Morning, Nell. Morning, buddy. I don't have the September record, but from mid-August, they were twenty-eight and ten. So there you go. They're just it's this why we consider this late August, but uh, you know, we'll 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 go with Nelson's uh math and uh you know, see if they can uh they can go 20 uh 28 and 10. All right, we uh we will talk uh some Brewers um baseball coming up. We are uh, inching closer uh, to the start of the college and NFL football season. Wisconsin is Three days? up Friday. Well, I mean, you could say two because there's a slate of games. Uh, several Big Ten teams play on Thursday. No, I mean for Wisconsin. Three, uh, three days. days for your Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, Friday night, 6 o'clock uh, against South Florida. Can't wait. Um, and then a week uh, from Thursday night for your Green Bay Packers. Mm. So uh, I thought we'd do a little compare and contrast oh, today yeah. with uh, with Packers and Badgers. I think there are... A lot of similarities with both these teams, uh, both coming off bad years. Now, Wisconsin did have a winning record in a bowl game, but, you know, in, in college football, you basically have to have a pulse uh, to make a bowl game, uh, whereas in the NFL, only six teams, you know, yeah, what they the change playoffs. it to now? What, you got to be like five and seven? Weren't some five and seven teams sneaking in there? No, they the changed it to, to six and six. Uh, you have to be five. You have to go back to Didn't 500. did some five and seven teams sneak in, though, because they couldn't fill all the bowls? Oh, yeah, no, that's what it was. They Last year, they changed oh, it. Oh, okay, but, good. Um, I mean, that's still to, so to, lame to go 500. That would be now, you know, typical millennial, <laughs> right? Some teams do have a decent preseason schedule, but think about to get six wins. You'd have to go, you know, three and oh in your non-conference and basically three and seven, three and six in your, if you're in a power five. So again, not the most difficult thing to make a bowl game. Wisconsin did, you would say, have a more successful year, uh, last year than the Packers. Not by much though. So we will uh, obviously two years ago the Packers season was a disaster with, with the Rodgers injury Oof. and in um, Wisconsin going twelve and zero. But uh, there are certainly a lot of questions surrounding this team. I think people are starting to feel obviously with, with Quintez Cephas and now that the quarterback situation appears to be settled, I think people are feeling better about the Badgers than the Packers. But I wonder how much. Did their so, odds change at all once they like finalize the quarterback? 
Uh, it's a good question. I haven't. I doubt it, but I, I, just, I, I know. I, I doubt it. Um, I couldn't remember what they were, so I can. I'll I can tell you look. that. Um, so we'll do a little compare and contrast. Uh, speaking of the Badgers, one of our buddies, former Badger great Matt Bernstein, going to join uh, join the show with us in the nine o'clock hour. Get to Bernie's take uh, on this season. Yeah, he's a man. One of the great uh, characters out there. Bernie is uh, the man, and uh, he will join us coming up in the uh, in the nine o'clock hour. He's always got good hour. stories to talk about. Oh, Bernie's he's yeah, uh, he's funny man. Uh, let's see, Wisconsin fifty to one. I can't believe they were lower than that. In fact, they might have dropped. <laughs> maybe maybe they, maybe they were counting on Mertz being the starter because I don't know. I I always feel like Nelson was in that 40-50 range. I don't think it's been any lower than fifty, has it? Really Not that I'm it. spending. A I ton don't of even time remember. On. Yeah, I I don't think it's gone up or down. I think fifty to one. Uh, Clemson two to one, Alabama two and a half to one, Georgia nine to one. You got for the Big Ten, Ohio State ten to one, uh, Michigan sixteen to one, and Nebraska. Nebraska, Nebraska and Wisconsin. Nebraska thing, uh, hey, Wisconsin's tied for the third best odds in the conference at yeah. fifty. Better odds. Than, oh no, excuse Lean me. In the weeds. Penn State at forty to one has. Uh, I think we'd beat Penn State this yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. So um, anyway, yeah, Wisconsin at uh, at fifty to one. All right, 608 321 1670. Twitter at Zone Madison. Uh, again, I do want to uh, want to get to Packers, Badgers, some Kim Parenton trash. But uh, while we have a couple minutes to open the show, just, I mean, yikes. It, it, you know, when you have a playoff feel and, you know, even at ESPN, I mean, that game, by the way, people, I remember people calling me last night or going on Twitter. I like, actually got to watch it. Where's the game? Where's the game? I'm like, no, ESPN grabbed it. Because, you know, ESPN always has that 6 o'clock slot on Monday night for their national game. Uh, the game was obviously supposed to be a 7 o'clock start. And, you know, by 7 o'clock, people are calling me. And I'm like, yo, the game's been on for an hour. Um, but I said, but here's the good news. You don't have to worry about it. The game's already over because it's 8 uh, nothing, uh St. Louis. I mean, look, you have a game where, you know, it's got a playoff feel. Obviously, you know, whatever, love or hate ESPN, they're, they're not going to put, you know, the Miami Marlins and the San Diego Padres on, on a Monday night, they're putting on teams uh, that they think uh, are going to be playoff teams. So it certainly had a playoff type feel and had a playoff type, you know, atmosphere and had a playoff type ramifications. You're not going to win every game. I understand that, but I mean, dude, the game to really eight, nothing. So there was the feel in the second inning. I mean, come on. There was the playoff feel, what you just described perfectly, but I think that missed the Brewers. I, I don't think they got the, the memo on that, eight nothing in the second inning. Yeah, I threw in the towel, man. It was, uh, I'm I'm done. Yeah, the Cardinals with watching the game last night. The Cardinals go two in the top of the first. You know, okay. I mean, you never want to give up, but you know, it's like We're like Yadier Molina, of course, always doing it against the Brewers. Two nothing. You know, you can. That's that's all right. The Brewers get one right back in the second, and then bango, a six spot. I mean, it's like, what's the point? You know, if you're at Miller Park, uh, if you're watching on TV, like, what's the point? No, no, you're not coming back from eight down. No, I mean the game. The when game I was, was watching, over at 25 minutes into it. It was like it was bottom of the second inning, and the telecast showed a lot of very dejected Brewers fans. And Brian Anderson's like, "Yeah, Brewer fans are hopeful their team can you know get back into this thing. Eight nothing in the second inning." And I'm looking at all the fans. They knew it was over. Would you even stay? How long would you stay in a game like that? How long would you stay there? Well, I was thinking, yeah, I mean, like, so we had, like, our buddy Gator Frank who called in and said he was going to his first ever Brewer game uh, last week. And we had a, I had a buddy over the weekend who, um, you know, we had the Good Neighbor Fest in Middleton. That's you like want to get your little, money's worth. Festival, but... you know, he 
he hadn't been back in years. He was going his first Brewer game on Sunday. And I'm just, you know, I, I, I get to two or three probably on average a summer. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, if that was if, for me, if it was one of the you know, because I've been to Miller Park. Like if you weren't on a party bus, if you yeah. just drove there yourself. Yeah, I mean, I've been to Miller Park 60, 70, 80 times in my life. I'd probably be like, yeah, after a couple innings, I'm out of here. If you were someone like going to your, I mean, if that's your first Brewer game, your first trip to Miller Park, yeah, or you're on a party bus. I mean, I guess I'd be like some of our listeners for our party bus that never made it into Miller Park. <laughs> I would just do the anti-Jody Bowl party yeah. bus and just peace out. Yeah, I'd just leave and go back and party in the parking lot then. So I'd I go s- look for my tank top. Yeah, there you go. So I saw this tweet from Adam uh, McKelvey. The Brewers are 5-5 five and five their last 10. This is before they lost last night. The Brewers are 5-5 five and five their last 10 games. 10-10 ten and 10 their last 20 games. 15-15 and 15 their last 30 games. 20-20 20 and 20 their last 40 games. And can you take a guess what the were their last fifty games? Twenty five and twenty five. You got it. Hell yeah, brother. So they're an average team. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the the math. I, I you know, I think it was our buddy Tommy who called in last week when started asking the question about the math, and then we really started doing a deep dive on on the numbers last Thursday and Friday on the show. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 like depressing because. But they're sixty seven and sixty four. Their last one hundred and thirty one games. They, I mean, they're an above five hundred team. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to get to the playoffs right now, you'd have to probably win 88 games. So they have to go, you know, 21 and and 10, basically, right now. I think you could say right now the Brewers are consistently play. mediocre. 21 and 10, Nelson, gets you to 88. You put in, you want some action on not, – I'm not saying I'm giving the action. I'm just saying if I can find you some. You want some action on 21 and 10? Absolutely not. 21 and 10, he just said. The last 50 games, <laughs> right. they're playing 500 ball, and now right. all of a sudden they're going to play almost 70% win. <laughs> Get out of here. Get so, out of here. Uh, in 2018, for By the way, that only gets you, sorry, that only gets you to 88 wins. Which I don't even think that's a guarantee to make the playoffs. But that's, think Who's about that. 21 and 10, where they'd have to go just to get to 88 wins. Who's pitching for this Milwaukee Brewers team? Can you please name a couple of them? Uh, so we were thinking about this oof. yesterday with Yalisha Sheen getting DFA'd. Think of your op- Hauser tonight. Think of your five opener, your five starting pitchers to start the season. You had Yulisha Sheen gone D- DFA'd. You had Freddie Peralta AAA gone. You had Brandon Woodruff hurt gone. You have Zach Davies Meh. getting annihilated. Bat boy. And you had Corbin. Did I say Corbin Burns? Corbin Burns Double A. Gone. Those are your, that's what opened rocked and doubled. Those are other two options. That's what opened your season with your starting pitchers. Your other two options off the shelf. Jimmy Nelson, done. Gone. Triple A. Uh, Chase Anderson, meh. Meh. When your best two pitchers are meh and the other one's hurt. <laughs> the others are in double or triple A. Meh. And then Gio Gonzalez, who the Yankees didn't even want to play him, right? And he said either release me or trade me, as what Gio said. Yeah, he was in triple A. Yeah. And he had a clause in his contract saying if he didn't reach the big leagues at this point, you either had to trade him, cut him, or promote him. Well, they didn't want to trade him. Probably couldn't get anything for him. And uh, they didn't want to bring <laughs> him to the big leagues, so they cut him. <laughs> oh. yeah, but I laugh so I don't cry. Yeah, but think about it, you guys. Go back to uh, March, and remember how excited we were about 1 through 8? I mean, we had that kick-ass yeah. one through eight. You can't take that away, Kenyon Elsner. That one through eight was pretty sick once they traded for Yasmani Grandal. I mean, the one through eight is still pretty good. It's just the pitching is so bad. Yeah, that one through eight ain't going to get you back 
from 12. What did they lose? 12 to 2? Yeah, I ain't doing it. When your starting rotation is pretty much the beer vending guy and your bullpen is Ooh, the hot be dog a good gift for him. guy, you're not going to win. Do you, think, yeah, he, do you think he vends beer um, in between when he's not pitching? I mean, to make the bullpen better, they might as well have that guy passing out drinks in the bullpen before they get loose. Yeah, but don't they have that one? I, don't, I know they had him at County Stadium. I don't know if they have it at Miller Park. You know, that guy where, like, I mean, beer's probably, um, you know, not safe to throw, like, a can or, a, a you know, a, a tap beer. But I remember, like, there, there would be hot dog vendors, you know, you could, like, fire a hot dog or a, the peanut guy. I remember, like, Wrigley Field uh, back in the day had this world-famous guy who could, like, really, like, launch a... A, you know, he's a vendor. You could you could be like in row 17, and he's in row four and say peanuts. And he'd hit you? And the guy would dot the I. Can't, if you're saying the beer vendor, Nelson, uh, why not uh, Why not look more into uh, signing him? Well, hell, some teams are signing dudes off the fast pitch as like the entertainment thing in the stadium. Angels, White Sox, they signed a guy that threw 94-mile-per-hour heat. Or, or yeah, Chuck, go, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They have a, don't, isn't that over in the right field if you go down the mezzanine on uh, on the right field line where the kid zone is? Yeah. They have the speed. Why, don't you, why doesn't Stern, Two guys been signed this year from doing that. Right. Two. Nelson, if I'm David Stearns, why isn't he camping out at that, that pitching machine? Well, you might as well try it. You're going to have to ask him. He's the smartest man in the room. Don't forget that. Well, but you're, according to you, you're only the smartest man in the room until you're not. I think we've officially. So are, that, are we? I was going to say, are we? We're officially at that are point. We, uh, are we at that point where we're not? We have to be. Are you saying David Stearns needs to take the Wonderlick test? What was your plan? Your plan was you thought you had a pitching rotation and you didn't add to your bullpen after two key cogs in that. The bullpen went down. You didn't add to the bullpen. You thought you had some starters. They've all been. Oh, here we go. We have two tweets. One from right. our guy Robert. Bubba, right, Robert. Bubba, uh, I don't even know how, Bubba, I am bidden. Sorry, Rob, I screwed your Twitter handle up. He says, wake up, boys. They've been done for two months now. All I had to do was look at them objectively I mean, and Nelson's it was easily seen. That. I got to agree with Nelly. Or give him credit. Give him, I mean, not agree with him. Give him I credit, like. I, I don't say. like being negative and throwing in the towel right away. I like, throw, I like writing, having hope. The writing was on the wall, though. But here's, Joe, we've always said this about our teams. As long as they're relevant till the end, especially for the Milwaukee yeah. Brewers. I don't want to be a negative Nelly and give up immediately. I want to have fun with it a little bit. And our guy Latino Heat, Bo underscore Hoffman, says, Brewers need to get the guy who threw stone cold beers to pitch. Oh, yeah. Then you never saw that guy. He yeah. was just off camera. He's just the guy hucking beer up to stone cold. Yeah, he would always dot the eye, and stone cold would have, you know, beer after beer after beer. That's not a bad idea. Um, like I said, I I think you know I want to say it was a, a Wrigley. So I mean I don't want any uh, any quarterback uh, or uh, c- Cub connection, um, you know. But uh, may- maybe Nelson. I would say to your point, either yeah, check the uh, check the beer vendors and then go out and sit by the uh, the pitching machine, you know, out in right field by the kid zone. Or I mean, now, that's the always... last chance to find a uh, a quarterback. Oh, I have an idea. Or a uh, starting. We pitcher, could always go back to option three, which seems to be their favorite. Call up the thirty-year-old minor leaguer. <laughs> yeah, that, we've tried that. That hasn't worked. We're gonna break Nelson's arm today. Like he's going Henry Rowan Gardner. Yep, rookie of the year. Hell Nelson, yeah. we're breaking your arm today. Did you feel kind of disrespected a little bit uh, with the way they treated Gio Gonzalez last night? The the Cardinals. That Man, was? that was awful. And you know, Gio <laughs> so far this season, he's been so good for the Brewers. And when, even when he doesn't have his best stuff, he's able to find 
uh, ways out of jams. But that second inning, that, I mean, that was just his worst inning of the season. It was just a bad game for Gio to chalk it up to that. But, man, uh, yeah, the Cardinals have their number. The Cardinals are now 7-1 against the Brewers in the last eight games after the Brewers won the first five of six. And the Cardinals have been just pitching terrific. They're second in the NL in ERA compared to the Brewers who are 12th in the NL right now. So they just can't they can't match up against the Cards right now. Now they're season-high five-and-a-half games out of first place. And, and what, there's less than five weeks to go in the season? I mean, if, if they don't win this series and go on and, you know, take at least one from Houston and uh, try to take as many as they can from the Cubs. They're, they're, and they're in big trouble right now. So uh, we could be looking at the end of the season for the Brewers. Well, it's interesting mm. you say that, Cody, mm-hmm. uh, visiting with our uh, Brewer guy, Cody Grant, because we have a Twitter poll. We equated it to a funeral. And if the choices were, you know, you're at the wake, the hole's been dug, uh, the casket's been lowered down, or the dirt's already been thrown on it, where are you with the Brewers' playoff chances uh, on those choices? I mean, the hole is definitely dug. Uh, the casket is not lowered yet because, like I said, it, it's still it's still too early. They they they're not mathematically eliminated. Uh, they're still in it. But what I worry about is just they haven't shown much this season. You look back at the Keston Hero walk off against Chicago a few weeks ago. Uh, that was where I thought they were going to turn the page, and they didn't respond after that. You know, they've had a few of those moments this year where. You think, all right, they're finally hitting their stride, but they they don't keep it going. They they don't sustain their momentum, and they don't have the guys this year. It's it just not like last season. Their, their pitching uh, hasn't been good. Their starting pitching actually has been pretty decent as of late. Uh, but Zach Davies uh, has had a pretty bad second half. Uh, no Brandon Woodruff, of course. Gio Gonzalez, who you can usually count on, was just awful. Uh, last night, and offensively, they, they still can't push runners across the board when they're in scoring position. Well, uh, Cody, I had this earlier, and if there's, if there's anything to be positive about, it would be the matchup tonight. Uh, the Brewers, I, I would never have said, thought I would ever say that Adrian Hauser would be the calming force, potentially, for the Brewers. You know, Miles Miklas hasn't won a game since June uh, for the Cardinals, if there's ever a chance to get it done, I mean, you talk about—I hate to use such cheesy sports terms as "must win" with 31 games, but I mean, the must must they win. have to win this game tonight. The must must win. I mean, this is the most important stretch for the Brewers this season. Uh, these 12 games, and they started off losing 12 to two last night. So they got 11 more against the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Astros. Yeah, it's tough to call it a must win because. Uh, Mathematically, they can still make the playoffs if they lose today, but uh, how hard is it going to be if they do lose this series against the Cardinals? Because uh, right now, guys, the Cardinals are really distancing themselves from the Brewers and really the Cubs as well. And like I mentioned, it, this is a season-high five-and-a-half games out, so uh, they haven't been this far out all season long. And with 26 games to go, if you don't start racking up some wins, especially against your division uh, rivals, you're, you're, you're in big trouble. Uh, you know, speaking of the pitching, uh, Cody, we were just kind of, you know, musing earlier about what options. I mean, you know, is, is this just, you know, th- this has been such a bizarre, you know, kind of revolving door, surreal type, you know, season. Is it just ride it out with this? I mean, and just hope that you're still playoff relevant in, in two weeks in September when potentially Brandon Woodruff could come back and maybe like be the guy to save the day if they are still, you know, in playoff contention. Oof. 
yeah, I mean, what else can you really do? They, they've tried almost everything. I know what they can do, they, Cody. Yeah, what's that? You go to that fan pitch where you can see how fast you can throw the ball and see if a guy's got a 94-mile-per-heat heater like the White Sox and the Angels yeah. when you sign them. Cody, no, it's not two. I mean, there's two teams now that have pulled that off to Ebo's point. I mean, at what point do we does David Stearns put a scout at the speed pitch and, and see if he can find, you know, the next, uh, you know, Lyles? Tonight. Or do open tryouts like the Philadelphia Eagles did with Vince Capali. Yeah, it was Marky Market. Right. Marky Mark played it, yeah. Yeah, Marky Mark played that movie, Invincible. Yeah, I, it's so tough, though, because – you go from a starting five at the beginning of the season, and now you look at those five pitchers. Brandon Woodruff is hurt. The Alicia scene has been released. Corbin Burns is hurt and in double A. Uh, Freddie Peralta is in the bullpen. We haven't seen him much of him lately. Zach Davies has had Getting an rocked. second half. Chase Anderson, who wasn't in the starting rotation at the beginning of the year, he was the sixth man. Uh, has been your most reliable pitcher. I mean, who could have seen this coming? I, we expected the young guys to struggle a little bit, but I don't think anybody expected Corbin Burns to be uh, not in the majors. And I don't think anybody expected Yuli Shasin. But I guess you should have expected Shasin because the opening day curse is real. Yeah, who opens up for the Brewers next year? Hernan Perez? Yeah, no, it can't It can't be Woodruff. No, <laughs> it's got to be a positional because, player. I, I, you know my take. I sign Matt Garza, have him start, and then cut him after the game. Duh. Totally. I'm in on it. Cut him during the game. Cut him after you take him out. Cut him, yeah, dur- yeah during the game. As he's walking off the yeah. mound, you're cut. You're DFA. And then use, use Woody in game two. Uh, all right, Cody, give me, before I let you go, give me, like, give me a positive, because we always try to end, you know, segments and shows. You know, we do best and worst of the weekend. We do studs and duds, you know, fantasy football stuff. We always end on a positive. Give me... One reason why this could work here in the next 31 games. Um, Christian Yelich and Keston Hira, Mike Moustakis, Yasmani Grandal. If the offense can score runs, I, I, I think the, the starting pitching is not bad enough to keep them in games. <laughs> and so you got to rely on the offense. I mean, it's tough to come up with positive. Man, it is. Uh, no, but, uh, hey, Christian Yelich, uh, did you see them uh, tweet out the pictures? No, I saw but, naked uh, Christian Yelich this morning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it really shook Ebo this morning. I want morning. a warning before I see a naked man. Just give me a warning before <laughs> it just pops up on my timeline. It's the human body, Ebo. Do you, 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 you like see more well, naked men in your life? Well, Joe's got pictures of naked men hanging on a ceiling. I just didn't want to see it on Twitter it's, right it's away. It's not at all sexual, Cody. You know, so I'm that, comfortable that, with my sexuality. Well, yeah. I can't say I mean, that for young Ebo. For the, that's your positive for the female population of Brewers fans. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you. Oh, I have a positive. They haven't shown Hank the Dog Munch. <laughs> that is definitely a positive. Oh, All right, I, James there triple last night. That's a positive. Uh, go check out that Monday Night Raw last night. It was uh, it was pretty good, Cody. I got to give him credit. All right, I got it. Sounds good. Thank you, buddy. You, buddy. There he is, uh, Cody Grant. Uh, he'll be at Miller Park again tonight. Man, Ebo, you know, Adrian Hauser is going to be the guy that's going to save the day. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that a month, two months, three months ago, right? Still got to happen. Whole bunch of Twitter polls rocking today at uh, at Zone Madison. The latest one, not a good scene for Nelson. And I, I think you too, Ebo, but really Nelson. Would you rather have Clay Matthews or a random free agent start at inside linebacker against the Bears? I don't mind Clay. I wish week. Clay would have been back. I voted um, for Clay. He, Clay Matthews, if you missed it yesterday, in an interview with the NFL Network said he basically wasn't even offered the league minimum by the Packers. And if he had been offered 
pretty much anything from Green Bay, he would have come back. And I would maintain that right now with the injuries and the fact that Matthews has played inside linebacker, I think, Ebo, he would be a 10 times better option than whatever they're going to start next week against the Bears. Yeah, when Clay moved the inside linebacker, I think it was like three years ago. Um, that's by the way, or four years ago. That's when he started. No, it was three years ago. I look, and you're right. And the la- that's basically he was fra- when he made that move. He stayed healthy. He, he stayed healthy basically every year since then. He stayed healthy, and the Packers' rush defense got better. So if I would rather have Clay Matthews on the Lodo as inside linebacker than some random jabroni. Seventy four percent of the vote agreeing with you, saying they would rather have Clay Matthews. Than I think Nelson Rando. just hates him because Nelson wishes he had the long, luxurious golden locks. Is that what it is, Nelson? Absolutely not. Why do you hate Clay Matthews so much? It's because he's yoked. Because he's not good. Like it's pretty, pretty. I'd take cut and I'd dry. take Clay Matthews over any random jabroni off a of scrap heap. Give me any random jabroni or give me death. Yeah. Get in here. You gotta... What are you, Patrick Henry? Uh, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. There's no way that you and Nelson. I mean, you don't. You you're saying that for a fact. There is no way Nelson's taking the heel. Is Clay like, Matthews a leader? I think he was a leader. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how come they could never name a defensive leader on the Green Bay Packers, and he's been there forever? And then they say the he had one captain guy, on his jersey. Then they say the one guy that tried to take up the leader role position was Mike Daniels, but it became white noise. Yet Clay Matthews is supposed to be your complete stud, your veteran, your blah, 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 and he can't even be a leader. I'm going to say he was the greatest leader of all time. At this point. A a pile of junk. Yes, Um, I didn't stutter. Okay, well, I'm I'm happy for that. no, there, Nelson. There's no way. Well, let me ask you, Ebo, because he's. I don't what even, do you think he's really gonna do in LA? He's gonna be like the fourth rusher. Yeah, I don't think he'll be that great there. I, I think he'll then be what's like. What's he gonna do for the Packers? Well, first off, you're talking apples and oranges. You just I'm hate handsome. About, he just hates handsome men. I'm talking. I, do I? Do I? Nelson, you're missing the pointer. Do I think Clay Matthews is better looks. than Zadarius Smith? No. Do I think Clay Matthews is better than Preston Smith? No. Do I think Clay Matthews is even better than uh, Kyler Fackrell at this point? No. Do I think he's better than random jabroni? Random jabroni? Yes. yes. I'm not. And talking about the Rams, he's going to play outside linebacker at the Rams. Yes, and be the third string outside linebacker. I don't think he'll do much for the Rams. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about him as a stopgap because he basically said he would have came back for nothing. Would you have a guy that's been, he's, you know, knows the ins and outs, familiar with Mike Pettin because he's already got a year under his belt, or some guy that's from a different system that can't even make it? Right. And. You know, as part of this is like you can't predict injuries, but you know, to go in, they didn't. They only drafted one inside linebacker. That was this kid Summers in the seventh round. They signed no inside linebackers in free agency, and now here we are, Ebo, nine days to the start of the NFL season, and they don't have a starting inside linebacker. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Well, let's say Oren. Whose Burks, fault is that? Let's say Oren Burks is going to play right away. He's got a torn pec. That's your other inside starting inside linebacker, a torn pectoral muscle that you're going to get surgery on at the end of the season. That's your other guy. Who's behind him? A bunch of people that go, who? Well, I don't get why you're so against giving a kid like Ty Summers I'm a not. shot or a random guy that gets cut that I'm not, potentially could I'm not, be I'm not against it because that's what's going to happen. Right. There's against it and there's better option. I Do I think Ty— Do you Ty's- really think Clay Matthews at inside linebacker is a— Yes. Just a head and shoulders better option at Ty Summers, a guy that's played the position yes. his whole career? Yes. I don't buy that. Um, well, I mean, they're, they're, 
there's only one. I mean, obviously, Clay Matthews ain't coming back. So the question then is, Ebo, is, okay, what do you have if you're the Packers? Do you have Ty Summers or you have what I think is going to happen is rosters need to get cut to 53 by the end of business on Saturday. What's going to happen is the Packers will cut their 53. And who knows? They may cut a guy that ends up on somebody else's roster. And somebody else will cut a guy that I predict will end up. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, that the guy's a total bum. Who knows? I, I don't know. I will, I will admit that I don't have every inside linebacker on every NFL team's depth chart memorized. Can so maybe there so? is a decent inside linebacker that will come available. But, Ebo, again, if that's what you're banking on, Nine days before the start of the season, I think that's that's you know Here you go. that's Cl- not the way I would run. Clay things. Matthews in 2015, when he was a middle linebacker, he had six and a half sacks, started every single game, oh. an interception. Oh, 66. Com- so he's 49 solo tackles, 17 assists. He hit the quarterback 19 times, tackles oh. for loss 14. He had his, some of his best numbers. As an inside linebacker. As an inside linebacker. Can you please mm. say what year that was again? 2015. Four years pro, ago, a Joe. Pro bowler. Plus, he's gotten slower. Can we also can we say just to begin with, he's not a cover. He's not a cover backer at all. So he's not going to be any better there. He's getting older. He's not as quick. And he's a terrible form tackler. How many times can he miss a quarterback going off the edge? Give me a break. He's done. Get him out of here. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> Give me a break. He's done. 608-321-1670. Conrad, welcome to the Joe Nebo Show. Well, boys, I got it. I'm in Nelson's camp on this one. I I was looking to part ways with uh, our boy Clay years, years and years ago when when we had to put him on the field and he had a club on his hand, or we had to put him on the field and he was a liability. Like, and I think that kind of was even the years before 15 key component and getting a Super Bowl in 2010, right, guys? Right? He was, and I get it, it's three years ago, Conrad, but those numbers Ebo gave at middle linebacker make a pretty compelling case. Hey, here's the deal, guys. The The sun has set on the Clay Matthews defense. The sun never sets on a badass. That, you know what, though? What I <laughs> predict is going to happen out in L.A., and it would not happen in Green Bay because the, 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 the NFC North would play him a certain way. But now you put him on – think of all the studs that are in L.A. on defense. Yep. He's just going to end up falling into place, probably get some one-on-ones, maybe even have a blow-up season. I'm not surprised if Clay ends up with eight sacks this year and is like a key component in that defense being very, very good because he does still have a step in like uh, third downs. You know, you're not playing him every down. So, I mean – I am glad he's not on the team. The defense for the Green Bay Packers is going a new direction with young talent at all costs. It's very evident that that's what they're doing. They have re- we have a rebuild going on right in front of us on the other side of the ball. Conrad. And that's all I got, boys. Conrad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, like, what do you got? Ebo, what do you got? I was just wondering, were you backing up? I'm backing up, Nelly. Oh, that's right. I heard the beeps in the back. Beep. Right. It was literally and figuratively backing that up. That a boy, Nelson. Conrad. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Conrad. You're the man, I mean, Conrad. I, I get it. Love you, Conrad. But I think you're dead wrong on this one. I think Clay Matthews at inside linebacker, Ebo. We're talking about Clay Matthews on, like, on the cheap. On a like, cheap yeah. deal, right? Because he said he'd come back to the Packers right. on a cheap deal. Right. And again, maybe like some another listener pointed out, maybe he's just saying that posthumously and it's a lie. Maybe he really wouldn't have. 
I think he's telling the truth. Dude, your I, second your second inside linebacker's got a torn peck who's gonna have required surgery at the end of the year. I you know, <laughs> I like what Gutekunst is doing. I don't know why you wouldn't bring back, you know, Jordy Nelson a year ago for pennies on the dollar. I don't know why you wouldn't bring back Clay Matthews this year for pennies on the dollar, especially when you have zero depth at that position. Makes no sense to me. Talk some Badger football. The season opener is Friday. It's our dude, yeah. the Hebrew <laughs> Hammer, a.k.a. Matt Bernstein. Bernie, my man. Uh, welcome. Good morning, my friend. What's up, guys? How you doing? Dude, I am doing great. Ecstatic awesome. that you're joining us today, man. What are you in, New York right now? I'm in New York. Oh, I'm thinking about, first of all, who's talking about baseball? That stuff's over. Yeah, it's I know. Football season. Uh, well, I'm a degenerate gambler, Bernie. I just, I gamble, I, you know, I gambled on the hot dog eating contest, for yeah. God's sake. So there, anything I can bet on, there's a baseball game tonight, I'm going to bet on it. We have isms. Okay, well, then that makes sense. I guess it's still baseball season. you got a few more days. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Bernie, you know, hopefully this will be you know, the first of many visits with you. You know, all the greats, all the regulars on the Joan Ebo show have walk-up music. So your homework assignment between now and your next appearance will be what does Matt Bernstein, uh, former Badger great, want as walk-up music Ooh. for future appearances on the Joan Ebo show? Man, that is good. Let me think about that. Yeah, you that. think about it, man. Hey, Bernie, i got to ask you, dude. The Wisconsin Football Fullback Club, is that still going on this year for uh, the season? What, you have to get in, you got to chug a beer and send it to you on Twitter? <laughs> That's what you have to do. I've been really lazy with it, so i got to get back in the swing of things. Well, it's fine, dude. You're the president. You, you're the founder of it, so you can be lazy with it. You are the reason why it exists. I am the reason. And chugging beer is also very fun, so it's a pretty solid uh, duo. Yeah, you know, we have one of the best in the world at chugging beer in, you know, David Bakhtiari in the state, and then we have probably the worst in Aaron Rodgers. So we need to balance the scales, Bernie. Let's let's oh, get Bernie, this thing going. Yeah, Bernie could beat Bakhtiari. You guys know that the fat guys are the best at chugging beer. <laughs> Bernie, you could beat Bakhtiari in a beer chugging contest, correct? There's no chance. Did you see that video? Yeah, but oh, I've seen God. you chug before, too, and it's very impressive. That's well, true, but that uh, Bernie, here. do like a funnel. Yeah. In like two seconds. You need to uh, RSVP to at least one uh, Zone Blitz pregame bash at the Red Zone where we are every home Saturday, and then we'll set Got something it. up. One day you can come and see how fast my man can chug a beer. Deal? I'll be there for the Michigan game. Done. There it is. Yep. So <laughs> book it. Book it. it. You're in, babe. Uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of uh, happenings around these parts the last couple of days with, with the depth charts, and now we're into game week. Um, obviously, the biggest story, Bernie, has been, you know, the quarterback battle, which apparently wasn't much of a battle. Jack Cohn, you know, a fellow New Yorker, uh, wins yeah. it wins it pretty handily. Were you at all surprised that it was Cohn with all the hype surrounding Graham Mertz coming in? Or did you always think Cohn, you know, being the guy that had the experience coming back was going to get the job? I mean, you guys, could, you guys know it. That's like a Coach Chris special. He always goes with the guy who's been there, who's kind of next up. So I wasn't surprised. I mean, listen, I really liked what I saw from Jack Cohn at the end of the season, especially in the in the uh, pinstripe bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, let's be real. The running game is is our strongest weapon. But you know, if we can get the running game up and going, which is there's no chance we can't. You know, I think he'll be. I think he would be pretty solid. And I, I'm just nervous that he might have a short string until we throw in Graham Mertz. So do you think, I mean, Bernie, you were obviously playing for the Wisconsin Badgers. You've heard the fans kind of turn on people once in a while. Do you think that if Graham, or I mean, if Jack Cohen is out there and maybe it's like the first drive and he throws an incompletion on a third and long, they have to punt, do you think the Boo Birds are going to, not Boo Birds, but they're going to be calling for Graham Mertz immediately, like Cohen's kind of set up to fail? I, I mean, I do. 
I do. I I feel like that's kind of like been our uh, like our mo for a while because we had <laughs> Hornybrook, who we were all like hoping he would do great, but every time he went in and didn't, we're like, dude, put in Jack. Mm-hmm. So I don't want that to be the mentality that we start going with always the next guy. Let's give Jack a chance. Listen, it's it's also his to to either take the reins or to lose. Um, but we need a quarterback who can who can win games for us. And with the running game and with, I think, a pretty solid defense, we should win the Big Ten. So, yeah. I mean, I say that every yeah. year, but we should do that. <laughs> so do I, but I, and I love it, though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> visiting with our guy, uh, former Badger fullback Matt Bernstein. All right, you certainly experienced this, Bernie, during your playing days, and it seems to kind of be the, the modus operandi for Badger football for the last 25 years. What I'm talking about is, you know, whenever there's a, a hype team or this is going to be, a, you know, a championship level team like last year, the underperformance, usually the years, and certainly, you know, back in the Rose Bowl days of the late 90s, early 2000s, it was never, you know, Wisconsin's the favorite. It was also, they kind of came out of uh, nowhere. You know, last year, everybody and their grandma's picking Wisconsin, not only to win the Big Ten, but to go to the college football playoff. It's a 7-5 and five season. This year, I'm seeing third, fourth, not in the Big Ten, but in the Big Ten West. Do you think it, you know, did you like the underdog role or do you think it's a sign of disrespect? Like, how do you view this team and when you played your teams getting the underdog versus wanting to be the, you know, the, the team that everyone's picking like last year? Well, I mean, I personally like to be the underdog. You know, tell me I'm not going to do it and then, you know, come out and play slow against a team that's hungry. And I feel like this team's hungry. And now, I mean, just all the energy you could kind of feel with getting um, Quintez back. Everyone just—it just seems like there's a pop in everyone's step. I mean, if I'm playing the Badgers, I'm nervous. Like they got guys now. You know, talk about like, oh, we should be—we could possibly come out and be seven or five. But we got athletes in the right positions now. I mean, our, our depth chart in some of these areas are not, you know, super long. But I think we can throw the ball, and I think we can run the ball, and we got a tight end who's a stud. True. Hey, Bernie, I got to ask you, man, on that Quintez Cephas vein, what did you think of uh, everything that unfolded and how were you surprised that they actually let him back into school? You know, I, I, I wasn't on the ground, so I don't know all the details. I think that the university is doing their due diligence to make sure that legally they can allow him back in. I'm, as a football guy, I'm very happy that he's back on the team. You know, they, they, you know, he went through the whole court system. They found him not guilty. So moving forward, he's not guilty. Um, did he make some mistakes? Probably. Do I know what they are? No. Um, but I think um, I think the university did the right thing. You know, Saban, I saw on Twitter the other day, he had that speech where he's like, you guys only want to know the punishment. He's like, I had a guy at Michigan State who's now, a, he went to, his kids go to Yale. I don't know if you guys saw that. It's like fascinating. No, I'll have, to, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I'll try to send it to you guys. It was really fascinating because he's like, he basically like, I'm not going to kill a kid's whole life because he made a mistake as a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old. So I'm happy the university did brought them back in, brought him back in. I think they were looking at a ridiculous lawsuit if they didn't. So yeah. Well, and from this, uh, Matt Bernstein, a former Badger with us, you know, and a lot of people are now bringing this up retrospectively, Bernie, and maybe we undersold it last season. You know, as far as how much maybe of a distraction, if clearly this guy was not guilty that he's been found and you had so much support, you know, 18 teammates at that press conference, all the captains writing a, a letter, 
to the chancellor. I mean, you know, when you were in the locker room here and if you had had some kind of distraction, I mean, how much can a distraction like that play a, a role in a season? And you have to wonder on retrospectively how much of Quintez Cephas, what was going on last year, you know, played into that, you know, disappointing year. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's a little bit of a distraction. I wouldn't say it's like an absurd distraction, only because, you know, you still got to do it. You know, I have a fullback. I still got to do what I got to do. Um, but the locker room, you know, everything off the field is distracting, and then you lose one of your best players, you know, and that, that hurts the on-field. Um, so it is a little bit of a distraction. You know, you're, you're constantly thinking about it. And, and listen, those, the guys in the locker room, those are your boys, man. Those are the guys that you're like your brothers. So when somebody's in some type of trouble, like you want to support them, and if you know that they're a good guy, then it's, it's hard to deal with, you know, kind of what's going on outside. Hey man, I got to ask you with South Florida coming up on Friday. Before we get into that, what is the um, have you ever played in like extreme heat when you in your days for the Badgers? Because they're talking about how they need hydration stations. It's going to be oppressive, like a hundred and some degrees, and they're they're scared that someone's going to faint or something. You ever had to play in conditions like that? I mean, yeah, we played at uh, we played at Arizona once. It was like a hundred and ten degrees. Yeah, how was that? High heat. It was brutal. <laughs> we, I mean, we didn't have any stations or or any of this other. Mumbo jumbo. I'll tell you what; these dudes have the best science, the best training, the best everything, and that is like something that I don't know. Yeah, what it's did like you have? They just told you to rub some dirt on it and get back out there. Yeah. So, so, so after the first quarter, I I ran off the field and I, you know, I was a fat guy back then, so I ran off and I told the head trainer, I go, listen, at halftime I need IVs or I can't play in the second half because I was dying. Well, wasn't uh, it, Bernie? Like, wasn't that the game? Wasn't there like a lightning delay or something at the yeah. beginning of that? So, I mean, did you you did you did like a you're talking about a rain dance? Was Bernie in there doing a lightning dance? Like, Broskis, I need a quarter off here. Can we get a quick lightning storm up in this here? I've first off, I've never been so happy to see rain in my life. They delayed the game two hours. It's a oh, desert, and you had a rain delay at a game in the desert. Only Matt Bernstein led teams could do that. But here's the good part, and you guys will appreciate this. It, it rained. Our, our locker room flooded. They only took two hours off. So the good part about that was we could still make it back to the bars that night. <laughs> well, and what was your favorite bar? Which is always the goal. I mean, Wando's, the KK. You know, it was all over the place. Well, right. It was West Coast. So you were gaining. You were, that was the yeah, greatest flight home. You were gaining two hours. Like, yo, we're going to still make bar time here. That, there's a, there was your hydration station right there. You just had to wait a little bit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> After games, I was like, guys, hurry up and get changed. Let's get on the bus. Well, what, what, was, your, what was your favorite place to play away from Camp Randall? Play away? Yeah. I mean, I tr- truly loved Ohio State because we won there all the time. So and it's such, and that place is such a cool stadium. Worst place, Iowa. Those fans are the worst. Yeah, that pink locker room, man. Come on, seriously. And the, legitimately, they sit so close to you; it's unbelievable. Hey, what locker room? We were talking because when I got to fill in for the camp one year, um, we were talking about you and I were talking about did they have bathrooms without any stall doors on it? Was that Iowa? Yeah, no. Yeah, no doors on. How amazing is that? So if you had to like take, you need a hydration station. So if you had to take like a number two, you just had to do it in front of everyone. I mean, they had like you know like in a pink locker room. Yeah, they had divider walls, but no door. I think Bernie, that's an Iowa thing because I went to a strip club once in Iowa, and nature was calling, and I I walked in, and there was just a, a a toilet and no doors, no walls. Just there you go, do your business. So it must be an Iowa. Iowa thing. Yeah, yeah but this is in, in the visiting locker room, right, Bernie? 
Yeah, this was in the visiting line. They had a trough to pee in. Like, it was just a terrible spot. It was a terrible place. Good God. Uh, hey, what do you think, you know, from your position? Obviously, you were surrounded. <laughs> I love it, man. You were around a lot of great running backs. I mean, when it's all said and done, because I don't think anybody expects JT to be back next year. I mean, is Jonathan Taylor going to go down as the greatest of all time after this season? I mean, dude, I, listen, I love him. I think he's phenomenal. How do you possibly beat out Ron Dano? I mean, I just, I just can never see anybody being as as good for what he did and what he accomplished. I mean, that guy was yes, he had an old like his old line was all like pretty much pro bowlers, but that dude could not be tackled. Like that dude was running; he was like two hundred and seventy pounds running a four 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 five, outrunning DBs in the Big Ten. He led us to you know Rose Bowls, Big Ten championships. Dude, you know, JT can run for 2,000 yards. I think he'll be one of the best. But I think Ron Dane, it will just be so hard to, what is that? What's that word that on Game of Thrones? Usurp? There you go. Nice. Is that a Game of Thrones? Word of the day. Bro, I never finished it. I only watched season one. (laughs) Dude, Why? Yeah, Wait, yeah. What? So, like, he, still okay. hasn't, he still hasn't seen Endgame yet, Bernie. I'm I mean, sick that's of, just, I'm sick a, of the that's, superhero that's movies. That's an unforgivable offense. I'm sick of the superhero movies. No, but Wait, Bernie, you haven't seen Endgame. I'm good. It's on the list. It's on the list. I'm sick of the superhero movies, yeah. man. Like, that's like saying idea. Star Wars is on the list. I mean, come on. No, you know, I'll see you, that <laughs> opening. I'll see that opening. No, night. Like the first Star Wars. <laughs> no, Bernie. But no, in the first season of Game of Thrones, once Khal Drago died, my wife stopped caring because you know she was a big fan of Aquaman of Khal Drago, and once he died, she stopped caring, and then she wanted to watch it with me but every time i decided to watch it she said she didn't care anymore because call drago died so i never got to watch it again isn't it funny what what the what the women in our lives can control us to do yeah everything most i know believe me it, it's yeah don't you got a wedding coming up watching, yeah 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 about it. so let me ask you when it comes to your wedding it was coming up did you get yelled at for not contributing any ideas but little did she know every idea you contributed was always denied so you just oh stop contributing God. ideas? How, wait, how do you know all this about me? <laughs> Bernie, I went through the same process. We got, first off, you will love this. We got, um, sorry, Joe, but we got baking stuff from on our registry. Baking, you know, like a, a pan to bake yeah. a, a cake. Yeah. I'm like, yo, you don't bake anything. <laughs> Why did you put this on our registry? And she's like, but we did this together. You saw it on there. I was like, did we? Did I? You're yeah. right, I did. Hey, Ber- you're right. Never mind. No, Bernie. Every, anything that goes wrong will be your fault, even though it, all of your ideas were denied anyway. So just get used <laughs> yeah. to it, brother. Well, that's why, Bernie. I'm always looking for an ex-wife. So I, I just <laughs> take a different strategy. We'll see at the end who's who's Ray uh, works. Bernie, this is what a life motto I'd live by: a creed. Don't don't do what Joe Miller does. So whatever he does, do the opposite of it. But I love Joe Miller. S- same. I, hey, just don't I'm do what he in, does. I'm in the, we'll we'll see. We'll see which method works when it's all said and done. Hey, speaking of when it's all said and done, what do you think it's going to be? I mean, you know, twelve and zero two years ago, you're thirty one yards away from the college football playoff to seven and five, just a horrible disappointment. I mean, where does this thing finish this year? A huge bounce back, somewhat of a bounce back. How do you see this season playing out? You know, we have a we have a, a tough schedule this year, um, which I'm excited about. You know, like you come to play these games, but I mean, we still have we got Michigan, we got Michigan State, Ohio State, Iowa, Nebraska. I mean, and then we play at Minnesota, which we have to win. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously always skeptical. I think we're going to win most of our games. I'm excited because I still think with the team we have today and the athletes we have, if, you know, the name of the game in football now is staying healthy. 
And if these dudes can stay healthy and we can get better each week and honestly not throw picks, I think we're Big Ten champs. Love it. I love it. All right, so two things. But I think Ber- we're Big Ten champs every year. Same, but I love it still. Hey, I love it every still year. Still good to hear it. Uh, so two things, Bernie. September 21st, be at the Red Zone. We'll have a beer chugging competition. And then next time you're on the show, I need uh, walk-up music from you. Done. Walk-up music and chugging beer September 21st. I think I can do that. You got some homework, brother. Yeah. All right. Fucking great. You the man, buddy. And good luck on that wedding planning. Yo, thank you guys, man. It's such a pleasure. Thank you, pal. Thanks, brother. Man, I can't wait. Go Badgers. There he is, former Badger great Matt Bernstein. He'll be with us a lot uh, this season. He's the man. He's, he's, He's a good one. Uh, great stories, man. I could sit and listen to that guy's stories. I remember that. Yeah, that. How 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 crazy is that? You're playing in Arizona. You're playing in the desert in August, and the game gets rained out or a two-hour rain delay. Only burning. And the locker rooms flooded. And the locker rooms flooded. They did up. They did end up winning that game, however. All right, thanks to our guy, Bernie, former Badger fullback Matt Bernstein. You missed any of that uh, interview? We'll have it up for you. Uh, on the podcast, big fan uh, after the show, Joe Nebo experience, man. You and I, I don't want to believe it. I mean, look, I made the bet, but I've said I'm on record and I'll stand by it. If uh, if Jack Cohen ends up starting Friday night, which all indications are he's gonna, you have to be a fan. I mean, it's, it's not about like then wanting him to fail. Like the, he's the better player, right? I believed that Graham Mertz was the better player. I believe long term he will be. But if Paul Chris thinks that Jack Cohn gives them a better chance to win Friday night against South Florida than Graham Mertz, I think Graham Mertz gives them a better chance to win long term. But if you think Graham or Jack Cohn gives them a better chance to win Friday night, I mean, I'll buy it. Well, I think it's I think it's clear that Jack Cohn right now is the better player. Long term, it could be Mertz, but right now the better player is is Jack Cohn. If you know Zach Heilprin joining us, Jesse Temple. I was listening to the camp last night, which you can check it online at MadCitySportsZone.com. Cohn balled the hell out in practice and fair and square earned the right and beat Mertz because he was better. Right. But so that's my, like, and Bernie said it and you said it yesterday and Heilprin said it yesterday. Like, and maybe that, man, I, I just can't. Do you really think the first time if, if Cohn has a bad game or series or quarter, people are just going to be going crazy, bring in Mertz, bring in Mertz, bring in Mertz? Yeah. I honestly believe that if, if Cohn struggles right away, even on a, it might be a little tongue in teeth. Let's say it's the first drive. Badgers are facing a third and long, and Cole throws an incompletion. It will be a little tongue in cheek, but it will be from a lot of people, probably some meaning it, a small contingency to put Mertz in. I, I guarantee ne- it. Guarantee I never actually it. heard Nelson. What is your official stance? Who did you want? I obviously know where I stand. I wanted Mertz and thought Mertz should have been the starter. Ebo with Cone. I never really got your. Who did you think should be the starter for this uh, team week one? My opinion on this is if they're even, I'm going with Mertz because he's got the the upside being a true freshman. He's going to be the one that's going to be there for multiple years. But if I'm hearing from guys like Zach Heilprin, like Jesse Temple, like other beat writers that are at every practice, that Cone is just better than him right now, you got to go with the guy that's flat out won the job. But I I would see your your argument if they were basically even. For Mertz, right. but if if he's if they're not even, then there's no point. Well, and that's that. why I made it. Yeah, I mean, if they're not even, you have to start the better player because it's your responsibility to win the games, not to think about the future. Um, so Nelson, you're you know you you you've turned on Giannis and Aaron Rodgers and anyone that plays for a Wisconsin so, sports team. Uh, Greg Gard, will you ter- will you add to your legacy? Will you will you turn on 
on Badger football? If, if, if Cohen struggles, are you going to support this? Like, I'd be interested to get your take on this. I mean, I was, you're the expert on this. I should have asked you this question yesterday. It's a shame on me. I was pro Cohen last season when Hornybrook looked like he might not even be able to play for Middleton Pee Wee. Hey, he we won, by the way, we yeah, that's won a compliment eight, we, to Middleton Pee Wee. We won 18 to six that's on a compliment. Saturday, and my son was smothering, almost ran back an opening kickoff for a touchdown. So that's a compliment to Middleton. Uh, yeah. Well, it's kind of an insult to Middleton. No, it's an but insult anyway. to Hornybrook. So you, you, you will not, you, you won't go, Giannis. You hope you're, you're not. We won't hear the following words out of your mouth this football season. I hope Jack Horn has the worst game of his career. I will be extremely disappointed if this team goes seven and five or worse again. I mean, you did say about Giannis, quote, "I hope he has the worst right. game of his career and the Bucks lose." Because I hoped he did. Why? You backed me into a corner. <laughs> is there anything? Is there a chance Paul Chris could join his his coaching brother and Greg Gard on Mount Notice this season? For Chris to go on Mount Notice, they would have to just. Look. Or as some is called, Crybaby Mountain. It'd just have to look so pitiful. It'd have to be like a six and six season where there just was no hope. Because I mean, Wisconsin football has done better than expectations pretty much every year except for last year. Well, the one thing, Ebo, to his point where I will agree with him and what Bernie said, and that's why I asked the question, is, you know, after the second Rose Bowl in the 90s, then I think people were like, but they were the they were clearly the underdog in 93 against uh, UCLA, and they were clearly the underdog in 98 against UCLA. 99 against Stanford, they were the favorite. Then it was like, okay, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on you. By the third time, people were buying Alvarez, but then then it kind of went dark again, and it was the same thing with with Bielma, the three Rose Bowls. You know, it's kind of like okay, maybe against Oregon, uh, or excuse me, against TCU, Oregon they were a massive underdog, and then kind of by the third one it was Stanford the second time it was like okay, now we buy it. But to Bernie's point, four of those six Rose Bowls they were the underdog again. Yeah, right. I mean, did, you know that. At some point, you're like, dude, this team's played in the Rose Bowl six times. How can you keep making them an underdog? Um, but we talked about it a couple weeks ago with the Big Ten Media Days that the Wisconsin's picked to finish between third and fourth, not in the conference, in their division. There's only seven teams in the division. There's Some media have them as one of the three or four worst teams in the division. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's fine. I think Wisconsin, last year was an outlier. Hornybrook, obviously... The team soured on him. Something had happened that where they no longer cared for Hornybrook and he couldn't be a vocal leader in the locker room. And could you imagine? Could you imagine a? Now this is all conjecture, but could could you imagine a majority of your team doesn't like you and doesn't want to be a part of you, doesn't want to block for you, doesn't want to run for you? When Jack Cohen went into the game, you saw a team that all of a sudden even the run game looked better. Remember that? Remember when like John Hornybrook would hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, the offensive line would. Wouldn't do too much. In fact, they got benched one they game. All the starters against BYU. Once Jack Cohn came in, all of a sudden there's huge holes. Jonathan Taylor's running wild. You got guys actually like competing and playing for someone that they wanted to legitimately play for. And then you got it on the other hand, a guy that isn't playing and isn't on the team, and it's a guy that everyone loves because of stuff off the field. But your quote unquote leader is a guy everyone hates. Now, is that conjecture? Do we know for sure something happened? Maybe, but the fact that you've got a guy in Jack Cohen that Paul Chris was talking about um, leading up to this point in camp, saying that he's everyone in camp has noticed how he's taking that next step. Everyone in camp loves him. Everyone in camp, you know, is, he thinks of him as an awesome teammate. 
and he's taking a next step. And listening to the camp last night and the guys that were there well, from Heilprin to Jesse Temple from The Athletic and whatnot, that Cohn, the lasting image of a lot of people is, is Cohn last year in that Northwestern game, because Zach talked about it yesterday. But he has leaps and bounds ahead of where he was last year to now. Like, he looks the part. He beat out Graham Mertz, which everyone, like, you included, bowed down on the ground he walked on. And this is a kid that even played one snap of, of college football. Did uh, Heilprin compare Jack Cohn to Scott Tolzien? Was that Heilprin? Yeah, I think so, yeah. If we get Scott Tolzien out of Jack Cohn, I'll be the happiest man in Wisconsin. Scott and that's Tolzien. saying from the biggest Wisconsin wow, hater. the happiest man in Wisconsin. And he's the grumpiest man in Wisconsin. He was so underrated. He was phenomenal for the Badgers. Would you, would if that's the case, Nelson, would you pay better attention to the surroundings in downtown and the next time a Nails Tales is erected, will you, will you actually remember seeing it? No. No. If anything, we'll be playing better. I'll be having even better time. I won't even. You won't even remember the game. I kind of miss Nails Tales. <laughs> oh, same. All right, 608-321-1670. Good, uh, interesting uh, stuff there from Birdie. And makes you, makes you think uh, on, the, uh, on the Badgers. 